We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Your guys, Cody and Derek, back for another episode, guys. Well, the big part of free agency has officially come and gone. First couple weeks are done. About a month away or so from the draft. And uh, obviously the Colts might make a few more moves here. But as it stands right now, we wanted to kind of rank our moves from least favorite Two favorite. Now, these moves could include the Colts bringing back some of their own guys. It also could include the Colts going outside of free agent free agency and bringing in some players. So the Colts actually did a decent amount here in both departments. And so we kind of want to talk about it, rank it from least favorite to our favorite. We're pretty similar in a lot of ways in terms of order. I know we have like uh, one at the top there that we're going to probably disagree on, and we'll kind of have a debate on that. But without further ado, Derek, let's start with our least favorite re-signing or outside signing. Who might that be and why? Uh, well, I think you you start with Carter O'Donnell. I mean, there's just not really a lot to get excited about. Carter O'Donnell really hasn't played, and it just seems like another uh, practice squad get. But that's just really what it is because we don't really have a lot of situations right now with offensive line and you know it just reiterates the fact that you know we need to get more offensive line uh depth you know because we don't we didn't do that so far uh through free agency I mean this was the only offensive line signing that you have had through all free agency so far and you know Indianapolis needs to you know be more upbeat on this offensive line signings because you neglected it last year and it ruined you. And this year there it so far through the first two weeks, haven't been able to uh, rewrite the narrative at all. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's pretty obvious the Colts need uh, probably to address a backup tackle and, and find another guy in there, you know, with Matt Pryor, obviously not coming back. And then, you know, really Carter O'Donnell's like your third tackle right now. So I think that kind of speaks to the importance of getting some depth at that position. I think the Colts need to go out there and address it, but at least they have Carter O'Donnell right now as their third guy. But yeah, you mentioned that he really has not played a whole lot. He's been a practice squad guy. So this is a very kind of whatever signing, you know, it's just more for, 
for depth than potentially like a, a training camp body type of guy, right? So not really anything to write home about there for Carter O'Donnell. But the second guy we want to talk about, he actually contributes a little bit more. He doesn't start, but he plays a good role in special teams, and that's cornerback Tony Brown, right? And I, I felt like he's been a good special teams player for the Colts the last couple of years. And he's played in spurts, but really, you know, you hope that he doesn't really see the field a whole lot. But I think just for a special teams standpoint, uh, this is a pretty good re-signing for the Colts here to bring back one of their own, a guy that's been in there. And obviously with, you know, the change of special teams coordinators now, uh, they needed all the guys they could have, you know, that were really key parts to this unit. And Tony Brown's one of those guys. What are your thoughts here on the Colts bringing him back? Yeah, uh, Tony Brown definitely was a a practice uh, kind of guy that, you know, when the preseason was around, Tony Brown had a lot of um, big moments and a couple of bad moments that uh, kind of had his story go up and down, you know, but he wa- he is a young guy. So you look to see maybe with this corner room being very thin, uh, maybe that's the potential for Tony Brown to potentially see some light going forward. Uh, obviously the Colts are going to address it going forward, but you know, guys like Dallas flowers and him are guys that are trying to find spots anywhere on the field that they can get. Uh, so, you know, it, it'd be cool to see if Tony Brown can do something, but as you said, right now, he's mainly just a, a special teams guy that only gets a few snaps. So there wasn't a huge, uh, issue bringing him back. Yeah, for very cheap, and it was, you know, it was kind of one of those signings where you're like, it's good to have him back, but like, I w- it wouldn't have been the end of the world if the Colts didn't bring him back. But, you know, solid, solid special teams player, you know, potentially has some upside at corner. I guess we'll see in the preseason, you know, he did show some things. But, yeah, I mean, I think you're obviously feel a lot better if he's just on the practice squad or special teams uh, moving forward. So that's kind of the second guy there. Some guys kind of on the fringe of the roster here. Now let's move to another guy here. This is another re-signing for the Colts. And this is a guy, Derek, that a couple of years ago was looking up. He was really looking up. Tyquan Lewis was really looking up in his career, right? He started off kind of slow. He dealt with some injuries, but then, you know, he had a couple good, really good years with the Indianapolis Colts where he was playing, he was starting, he was looking really good at defensive end, right? And then the last two years, Tyquan Lewis has suffered back-to-back really major injuries. And it was kind of a surprise, I think, that the Colts did bring him back, just considering the injuries and the severity of them. Uh, But the Colts do bring him back on a very cheap, reasonable one-year deal. But I think at this point, Derek, you cannot, just like we said with Paris Campbell last year, you can't rely on Tyquan Lewis to stay healthy. I mean, the proof has been in the pudding the last two years where he's let, it hasn't played all 17 games, right? That's just how, what it is, unfortunately. But the Colts do bring him back, a guy that they obviously love. Uh, they've raved about Tyquan Lewis. But we have him so low on the list, I think, just because you just have to kind of anticipate that he's going to probably get injured again. Unfortunately, you hope that doesn't happen. But the last two years have showed you that. What are your thoughts here on the Colts bringing back Tyquan Lewis and kind of why you think maybe he's so low on your list as well? Uh, Yeah, I mean, Tyquan Lewis, I mean, again, a guy that has had several injury concerns. He's just had he had the same problem as what Paris Campbell did for the longest time, which was just having these freak injuries happen, you know, earlier midway through the season and then just. And it just wasn't working out for him. And obviously 
any team that would look at Taekwon Lewis would sit there and say that same thing. Like you had two season ending injuries. You had another season your after your rookie year where you got benched because of, you know, just not being in the right headspace or whatever. So, you know, for half of his career, he has not played and it's just, it sucks in some ways uh, for that. So obviously you were able to bring him back on a, on a, pretty much veteran minimum at this point is really good to see, you know, him come back and, you know, be able to try and be that depth piece. Cause he's always been a solid role depth guy for this team. And, you know, even back, I say it, what was it? 2020 when the Indianapolis Colts, I mean, Tyquan Lewis was one of the leading guys in sacks for the team uh, throughout the whole year. That was the year where Indy didn't really get a whole lot of production from its defensive ends, but Tyquan Lewis was one of the more efficient guys at getting there. And then ultimately the last two seasons, he's just had season ending injuries that just, it hasn't worked for him. So hopefully he gets back on track and it's just another uh, role piece. So clearly not going to be a starter and that's why he's down here. But you do sign him with the hope that, what if he does play all 17 games, mm-hmm. right? He can be a nice role defensive end, right? Who can start some games for you, who he's not going to, you know, get double digit sacks, but Tyquan Lewis has always been an efficient guy, a very balanced defensive lineman, right? He's good against the run. He can get after the passer. Like, and if he can be healthy, I think he can be kind of a nice backup guy here uh, to really help this unit. He can play inside. He can play out. He's just, he's valuable when he's on the field. The question has just been his availability recently, but if he's available, I think this is obviously his last chance because the Colts now have extended two, you know, prove it deals to him. And if, if he can do it this year, I think he could potentially secure himself a multi-year contract with Indianapolis next year. But it, it all obviously all depends on, can he stay healthy? That's the big question with Taekwon. If he can, I think he can have a role here. But if not, I mean, I think it's really no skin off the Colts' back. They can move on from him pretty easily next offseason and go in a different direction. But that's Tyquan Lewis for you there, uh, the third guy here in the least category. Uh, moving on to the first outside signing that the Colts made that makes this list, and that is Taven Bryant. Uh, defensive lineman. He started out his career with Jacksonville. Uh, you know, he was a first former first round pick. So there's obviously the talent is there. He did have some starts last year, uh, but you know, Taven Bryan's going to probably be kind of that backup guy, right? He's going to be that backup to DeForest Buckner or Grover Stewart kind of in that interior, but that's pretty much what he's going to be. So, so what do you think about Taven Bryan, the Colts bringing him in? We obviously knew that backup uh, defensive interior lineman was a need for the Colts, and the Colts get a guy with you know talent here. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, uh, yeah, Tavon Bryan again, just another guy that is um, you know going to be a depth piece for you. You know, he's going to be that guy that is going to be a another run stuffer in the middle. You know when. DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart have to come off the field every once in a while. You know, Brian has a unique skill set of being like kind of in the middle of what a DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart hybrid would be like. He doesn't have um, a lot of great moves on the inside, but he is a guy that's a disruptor. You know, you, you just ask him to run, uh, you just ask him to run through guys 
cause some uh, disturbance in the middle of the pocket, which is what the Indianapolis Colts have been trying to consistently get for the last several years, you know, trying to disrupt some quarterbacks from being able to make throws in a pocket, uh, which definitely helps your defensive ends. Um, he's, he's definitely a guy that's going to be very interesting to watch. Um, but clearly he's got a very good skill set that could really help with a few things. I mean, he's a good balance between a run stopper and a, uh, pass rusher. So it's good to have that kind of skill set for a backup guy, uh, for that role. So it's nice to see that in there. So hopefully we see more of him going forward. Yep. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Absolutely. I think he's a solid guy in there that can provide some quality minutes, can kind of be what Taylor Stallworth was a couple of years ago for you, and maybe even then some, you know, because he's obviously a former high round pick. He's had some more experience than a Taylor Stallworth did. And so uh, I do think he could fill a really nice role there as kind of that first guy off the bench in the interior there. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely think that was a solid signing for the Colts. Let's move on now to another guy the Colts brought back at the wide receiver position, Ashton Doolin. He kind of had some injuries last year, but he started to show some things as a receiver, Derek, the last couple of years. He hasn't really got much of an opportunity, and obviously with the Colts and how bad they were last year at passing the football, I felt like he just didn't get his fair shake yet at maybe getting some looks at wide receiver. We all know what he can do on special teams, one of the best special teams guys in the NFL. Um, but Ashton Doolin as a receiver – you know, maybe he he is kind of penciled in right now as that number four wide receiver. Obviously, his prowess on special teams brings him up on this list. What are your thoughts on the Colts bringing back Ashton Doolin and kind of the impact uh, that that makes here on their wide receivers? Yeah, uh, Ashton Doolin definitely has been, been brought back in what we presume is going to be an extended role. Right, we know that the Indianapolis Colts did not resign Paris Campbell but indeed re-signed Ashton Doolin. And it it seems like that's always, that happens like every single year is a, a wide receiver on the team uh, needs to be re-signed or can be re-signed and nobody does because Ashton Doolin needs to be brought back on a one-year deal every year because, you know, not only is he have the ability to play wide receiver, but again, what he provides you on special teams is so important. You know, he's a guy that, Hat, that's your main gunner. He's a guy that, you know, 
for many years has led your team in special teams tackles. You know, so there's a lot of and and even led the league in special teams tackles in 2021, if I'm not mistaken. So there's just a lot of reasons to want to have a multi-purpose guy like Ashton Doolin on your team. So it makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm glad that they did bring him back. It does it definitely does not really fix the issue with the wide receiver. I still think the Colts need to try to uh, find somebody else. And we're going to talk about another wide receiver that we just got as well. But Ashton Doolin, you know, having one of those special teams guys back and probably one of your biggest ones, uh, that is totally worth uh, bringing Ashton Doolin back. Yep. Absolutely. Um, worth bringing him back because, you know, yeah, yeah, he has that versatility at wide receiver that, you know, we love Paris Campbell, but Paris Campbell never played special teams. But Ashton Doolin does that. He does some of the dirty work that I think makes him more valuable, that he kind of plays two positions, if you will. Um, and that that's really that's really critical to have. Right. You know, we talk about all the time, the versatility on the offensive defensive line. How about the versatility at like some of those wide receiver cornerbacks, you know, DBs that can play a little bit of everything Um, that that's definitely huge. So Ashton Doolin, he's not, you know, ever going to be, you know, a great receiver, but I think he's always been a solid receiver and he's got speed to boot, which definitely helps. And I just think that definitely helps uh, with the Colts. And we'll see what his role looks like here with the team. Maybe he is just more of a special teams guy moving forward. Maybe he does get more of a look this offseason or this next season. Um, We'll see exactly what happens with that. But uh, talked about the other guy, a guy the Colts brought in to kind of, you know, not be Paris Campbell replacement, but kind of fill a similar role in the slot. That's Isaiah McKenzie, you know, formerly of the Buffalo Bills last year. He is a guy that's very interesting, Derek, because, you know, he is he is that smaller frame, but he's got that elite speed that you're looking for, right? He's 27 years old. He actually just came off of a career year with the Buffalo Bills um, where he had 42 catches for 423 yards and four touchdowns. And so McKenzie seems like a guy that's very versatile, um, a guy that's kind of an ascending player, right? You know, he was always that third wide receiver in the Buffalo system. And it just kind of felt like, you know, his first couple of years, he really just didn't get a whole lot of looks. And then this last year, he got a lot more looks and he actually played pretty well. Now, he doesn't have, you know, he does have warts. He does have some drop issues. He's had some issues in the past. But Isaiah McKenzie offers you something a little bit different at wide receiver than maybe you have on your roster uh, besides him. So what are your thoughts here on the Colts bringing out Isaiah McKenzie as kind of that slot number three wide receiver as it currently stands? Yeah, Isaiah McKenzie is definitely an interesting one. Uh, another guy that is like an Ashton Doolin, he can play. Uh, he can play special teams. He can be a returner for you because Isaiah McKenzie and his skill set. He is a very agile, very uh, quick guy that can accelerate, and he's a, he's great for punt returns. You lost Naheem Hines this last year, so. You're still looking for a guy to fully uh, work with you on that. So Isaiah McKenzie being your punt returner and, you know, him and Dallas Flowers being your uh, kick returners from here on out seems like a very great idea uh, for that aspect. Um, Yeah, Isaiah McKenzie is very interesting. He is, like you said, he's a lot like a Paris Campbell. He's not quite the same body build. But that's really what a lot of his role is, is a guy that is fast. He's quick. He's a guy that if you know how to get him open, he can be open and can make plays with his feet afterwards because he's a very quick guy. So 
you know, again, the drop issues, I've seen people make the joke, uh, he'll fit right in in Indianapolis if that's the case. Um, we've seen that joke, but I mean, at the end of the day, a lot of times, uh, drops a lot of times can be a, accumulated to confidence and also just lack of a uh, lack of focus. And, you know, from what we heard from Shane Steichen is that if he's, if it's any indication of him saying we want to perfect our craft, then uh, I, I would expect that to not be as big of an issue going forward. Um, Isaiah McKenzie's always been a relatively decent guy in the, in the Buffalo locker room when you're wanting to uh, look at some of the, things that he does and i mean he had a great season last year i mean 42 42 receptions 423 yards four touchdowns didn't play in all of the games last year but you know he is a guy that can get you uh that can get you plays and he did have nine rushes last year for 55 yards and a touchdown in there as well so he's showing you there as well what what the Colts sometimes did with Paris Campbell last year, Isaiah McKenzie can do the same thing for you in that regard. So I like McKenzie. I don't think he's the solution to what we need to fix. We still need a big one, but in regards to actually, you know, doing what's needed to be done to fill out that roster and get that gadget player again, that McKenzie can be, it was a really good deal. And I'm glad to have Isaiah McKenzie here. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, you talk about, uh, we, we all know, it was well documented how bad the Colts struggled last year in the red zone and then obviously their wide receivers and separation. Well, Isaiah McKenzie actually comes in as one of the best wide receivers in football in terms of separation, right? Um, he had 3.3 yards of separation per route run in 2022. Uh, just for comparison, uh, the two other wide receivers, Michael Pittman had a 2.7 and Alec Pierce had a 1.9. And so, like, with the Colts struggling in the red zone last year, it'll be interesting to see how a guy like McKenzie maybe helps to solve that issue a little bit more um, and how valuable that can be. You know, he had 10 red zone touchdowns the last three years with Buffalo, and I just think he's a guy that the Colts could use um, in a lot of different packages and a lot of different ways to really uh, become better in that department next year. Um, so I'm really excited for that. He's just a guy that, that – brings you a little bit of a different kind of wide receiver in terms of separation. Um, and that's something obviously that we hope that Pittman and especially Alec Pierce is going to get better at as he gets older and, you know, as he learns and grows into his second year. But McKenzie certainly brings that different aspect that kind of Paris Campbell brought as well. You know, that, that, that speed and that separation that the wide receivers desperately needed last year for the Colts. So I think it definitely is a really good signing for the Colts, but, Obviously, the Colts signed him on a pretty low deal, which I think was good for them. Um, but, yeah, we'll see exactly what his role looks like and how much he sees the field this next year. And, you know, is he the wide receiver three? Uh, or do the Colts go and draft somebody and maybe he's wide receiver four? I don't know. But I think they're going to be able to use him regardless, Shane Steichen and whatever quarterback they have. They're going to be able to find ways to just get him the football. 
And I think that's just going to help this offense and help presumably a rookie quarterback uh, out a whole lot. It's going to be their best friend to just throw a screen pass and let the guy go to work, right? So Isaiah McKenzie up here um, on this list. Now let's go to another guy the Colts did re-sign. That is EJ Speed. Um, You know, with Bobby Okereke leaving to go to the New York Giants in free agency, I think the urgency of bringing in uh, bringing back EJ Speed was even more, and the Colts got him done um, and brought him back on a multi-year deal, which I thought was pretty reasonable, all things considered. Um, give me your thoughts on EJ Speed being brought back as the kind of the third linebacker in this system. I agree with you. I thought that the reason why EJ Speed is up here with uh, this group right here is not the fact of how much EJ Speed has played, but importance of the position and where they needed to re-sign him. It was so important to have him back because like you said, losing a starter in Bobby Okereke. And if you were going to lose EJ speed too, then now you have a serious issue of who's going to be that third linebacker. Now Indianapolis has had a lot of linebackers this last offseason, Cody, we were talking about Jojo Doman and a few other guys that, you know, could potentially sneak their way in, uh, which definitely could still potentially happen. Maybe the Indianapolis Colts don't address linebacker anymore and they just run with the three guys that they have and feel confident that whoever is on their practice squad could probably come in and still uh, steal a few snaps. Maybe that is a thing. and But it's only because you brought EJ Speed back. Because now you feel confident in that EJ Speed, who could have probably gone somewhere and maybe gotten a certified backup role for about the same kind of money, but would have had a chance to maybe explode more into the scene versus with a team that didn't have a bona fide true top two linebackers. That could have been a, a role that he might have been able to go into, but he decided to stick around and know that. He's still going to get his snaps. He's going to increase his snaps. And then once this contract's up for him, then he's going to start saying, okay, then I can start testing my luck somewhere else with somebody else. We'll see how these next two years go with him. But it was very important because, I mean, the few snaps that we did see from EJ Speed uh, over the last several years with Indianapolis, he has really done a fantastic job of coming in and filling that role. Uh, we saw in the Arizona game, you know, had led the team in tackles in that game where they won against Arizona to keep their playoff hopes alive. Uh, this last season's had a lot of uh, times where he's had to step into some games with the uh, injury to Shaquille Leonard. And on top of it, I mean, you saw from he's always been a special teams guy, too. And he's had multiple touchdowns through uh, special teams scores. So. You know, this this is a guy that's very important. Uh, A lot of people may not recognize him because he's not a starter, but you pay attention to who's scoring and who's coming in at these times. EJ Speed is a very different kind of player, too. I mean, his skill set, his size, he's just very different build than than what your typical linebacker is. So uh, I'm happy to have him back. I'm excited. I'm glad that the, that was one of the first thing the Colts did was ensure to keep him around. So uh, happy to see it. And the Colts linebacker unit is going to remain intact for the next uh, few years to come, I hope. Yeah. And obviously, we all think that Shaquille Leonard is going to be 100%. But again, you don't know that, right? So it's nice to have some insurance there as well. 
Like, you know, you do feel confident, okay, if if Shaquille's still not where he is to be, you know, needs to be, you have EJ who can step in and can play a really good role. Um, he's, you know, with the increased snaps, I think he'll only just continue to get better. So you, you do feel like obviously that's a worst case scenario, but like, okay, yeah, like we have a guy that knows the system well, will play well, and we're not relying on an undrafted rookie last year, right, to step in. And there's obviously going to be a drop. Like, but with DJ Speed, the drop's a little bit less in that way. And so, yeah, you're right. He plays special teams. He does a lot for you. He's going to get more snaps as that third linebacker in the system. And I just think it was a good all-around deal for EJ getting more, more look at linebacker and then just for the Colts to get a guy that can, you know, knows the system well and can play special teams. And it obviously does a great, great job on that as well. So, all right, cool. Uh, we have three more guys we're going to talk about here. Um, interesting enough, uh, we have – we have differences here in these three guys. So these are the differences. I guess really only in the top two, but the number three guy, Derek, is Matt Gay, the kicker that the Colts signed. The biggest surprise, I think, outside free agency. Yeah. We were not expecting the Colts to go in a different direction than Chase McLaughlin, but Colts elect to go with Matt Gay, who is, you know, late 20s, but has been one of the most accurate kickers in the NFL the last couple of years. And, you know, obviously it's a kicker. And I know some people won't like that a kicker is this high, but Derek, the Colts got a darn good kicker in Matt Gay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was is a great signing. Looking at it, hindsight, like you said, it was a very a big shock for everyone that the Colts went this route because, like you said, Chase McLaughlin this last year was money last year, won several games for the Indianapolis Colts last year, and you're sitting there thinking, well, why not just resign that guy? You know, probably it definitely wouldn't have cost that much. And I almost do feel bad for Chase McLaughlin because, you know, the amount of years that guy's been trying to find a stable home. I mean, he has not been, I know he's still a young guy. He's only 26. So he's not very old, but he has had a different team. He's been on a different team several, several times already in the span of a four year career for this right now. So it's kind of weird just seeing him jump from team to team to team to team like that, especially for a guy that's, you know, not a bad kicker. And even this last year, you know, hopefully some team signs him, realizes how good he was, and then, you know, decides to give him another shot. Who knows? But uh, yeah, it was, it was good to see Matt Gay come in who, you know, this uh, last few years has just been automatic. I mean, just hasn't missed much of anything. Uh, he's one of the best kickers. Um, he's definitely one of the best kickers, probably behind Justin Tucker from a percentage standpoint. Matt Gay over the last two years has been the best kicker in the NFL. So, I mean, you don't get much better than this guy. And the Indianapolis Colts were saying – you know, we, we've lost so many games over the last several years from our kickers just not being being good. You know, it's time for us to just make sure we get the one and we don't have to worry about it for several years. So, I mean, it's a good signing. Now makes your special teams unit one of the best in the uh, NFL, along with the fact that you're getting Rigoberto Sanchez back. So, I'm all for uh, Matt Gay coming in here. People were asking if the price was too much. At the end of the day, you know, it's just it, it's making sure that you know you have your kicker going. Yep. Well, just for reference, over the last two seasons, Matt Gay, he's attempted four, uh, 64 field goals. He's made 60 of them. 
So that's nearly 94% of field goals over the last two seasons that Matt Gay has made. So he's been like one of, if not the best kicker over the last two seasons. And the Colts lock him in for four years. And I think that's just important, right? Chase McLaughlin, like I do think if Matt Gay was not available, the Colts would have just rolled with Chase McLaughlin for another year. But like rarely does a kicker of that pedigree become available. So I, I get why the Colts went after him because that's been one of their biggest concerns for so long. You talked about it. How many games have the Colts lost or would have had a chance in if they just had a kicker that they could rely on, right? And games are won and lost all the time with between good kicking and bad kicking. And the Colts got a good kicker now. And I do think about it, Derek, if, if Rigoberto comes back and is the punter that we all know he can be and has been, I really do feel like the Colts have the spe- best special teams unit in the NFL. Like, I really do feel like that um, because they have so many guys that have been top at their positions. Right, Dallas Flowers was the leading kick returner in terms of yards per kick return last year. Isaiah McKenzie, obviously, we know what he can do. And then, you know, you now you get a, you know, the kicker has been kind of the big issue for the Colts the last couple of years. And now they seemingly have that figured out. So, yeah, I do think even though it is a kicker, uh, a lot of people don't like that. The Colts got one of the best ones, so he definitely deserves to be in the top three. Now, here, Derek, is where we're going to differ a little bit. We're going to vary in terms of our two and one. Why don't you go ahead and tell me your number two and number one favorite guys here the Colts brought in or resigned? All right. Uh, number two for me would be Samson Ebukum. I'm going to have him there just because it's a great um, it's a great signing for – the price that you have, um, he's going to be a guy that's going to be filling in that role of, you know, Yannick Ngakwe not coming back. So really awesome to uh, really awesome to have him in there and provide some, uh, hopefully some production that the Colts really are looking for in a uh, solid and consistent production standpoint from the opposite edge seen a lot of film from uh, Zach Hicks putting it out on Twitter, you know, seeing a lot of those of where he is very close to sacks, but either gets held or just ends up uh, just missing. But, you know, it's kind of those situations where it's awesome, where you're going to see a guy who has a good skill set and, you know, is coming there and wanting to do a certain thing. So hopefully uh, that turns out to be a good investment for them. I think number one for me has got to be Gardner Minshew. And I know a lot of people are going to find that crazy, but I look at it from this standpoint that the Indianapolis Colts, when it comes to Ibukum and Minshew, why is number one or number two, or whoever you might have as the best signing. Uh, The Colts had several different areas where they had a backup plan in case they didn't get that guy. The Colts don't have a backup plan before they got Garner Minshew. You released Matt Ryan. You presume at some point they're going to release Nick Foles. I mean, it's just kind of one of those situations where the Colts don't didn't have a backup, reliable backup going forward. They didn't have an option. So Garner Minshew coming in was the best backup plan. For the Indianapolis Colts, because of Garner Minshew's past, who has been a guy that has been able to win games as a starter in the league, and is a played with Shane Steichen, he understands Shane Steichen and how his system works. So it's important to have had a guy at a premium position that you know is going to be a good backup to whoever 
you bring in as the starter uh, for at quarterback position for 2023. So that's why I have him at number one, just due to the importance of the actual signing of being the backup behind everything else. Okay. Well, I'm going to counter that. And this is why I'm going to say Abuka for me is one and Gardner is two. Uh, number one, pass rush is also a premium position for sure. And Gardner, I get that. Like, yeah, he's great. You know, obviously I'm, I'm love to have him. And that really helps, uh, you know, if you go with Anthony Richardson, he doesn't have to start right away. You want him to, but you have faith and confidence that Gardner can, can, you know, kind of right the ship for a little bit. And obviously he's been around the league a little bit, so he can help teach that and mentor that young quarterback. Um, so I think that's definitely important to have a really good backup. But for me, with how much you've struggled to have consistent pressure um, at pass rush, at edge, right, which we know that's one of the like core philosophies to winning and being really good in the NFL is you have to get after the quarterback. You have to be able to do that. And the Colts, you know, somehow upgraded from a nine and a half sack guy uh, when they signed a book up in favor of Yannick Ngakwe, right? It's crazy, Derek, because just like Isaiah McKenzie, Abukam is coming off his best season as a pro as well. Uh, the Colts signed him in a three-year deal, and I really do feel like he is just on the brink of breaking out, right? Uh, last season, his best season, he had, you know, he talked about career high in sacks and five, which people look at that like five sacks. Why, why are you so excited about that? Um, well, then you also look at some of the quarterback hits, the tackles for loss, and the pressures. Derek, he had he had a better pass rush win rate than Yannick Ngakwe, whose specialty is pass rush win rate, right? His specialty is pass rush. And he had, in less snaps, he had he was more effective than Yannick Ngakwe. And he can play really solid against the run as well, right? It's not like, okay, he's going to be really good at pass rushing, but he's not going to be able to stop anybody, right? He can actually do that, right? Where Yannick could not, he was, I think, the worst run defender at the edge position last year. So the Colts upgrade at a premium position for a guy. They lock him in for three years, and now you have some options with what you can do with Dio Adengbo, right? You know, Dio doesn't have that pressure of coming in and being the starter, and you have like three, you think, quality defensive linemen that, you know, are on the brink of breakout. Like, I really do think Ibukam is there, Derek. I really do. Um, and I know that people people look at stats and they don't really see it. But I think stats in this case, Derek, are very misleading when it comes to Abukam. I really yeah. do think he is on the brink of maybe, you know, seven, eight, nine sack season. I really do think if he could just get home a couple more times and some other last year, if some other scenarios happened, I really do think we're talking and we're looking at it in a lot more of a positive light um, if the sack numbers are up a little bit, right? But everything else is there. So for me, Abukam goes to one just because he is going to be a starter. He is a premium position, and I think he's on the on the brink of a breakout season. Uh, but I understand totally, and I totally agree with you, the importance of a backup quarterback is so critical. At the end of the day, you hope that he's a backup. And for that reason, I have to go with the guy who is going to have an immediate impact. There's no question uh, over a guy that will kind of be that backup, hopefully, and maybe we'll play some games. But definitely are both important. I just think, for me, edge rush is one of those that you've consistently not had, and a Bukum could potentially provide that in a really good way. So that's just my opinion on it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, it all depends on, you know, how – 
how much production does Ibukam actually provide you? Right. You know, it's it, that's going to be the big aspect is what does it actually provide you going forward? Is it just going to be another situation where, you know, because right now you have Quiddy Pay and then Dio Dangbo hoping to make uh, an assertive role into something. You know, it, it's just all about who who's going to end up being that number one guy on the outside edge. Uh, is Quiddy Pay going to actually stay healthy long enough to be able to put together a 10 sack season? Or is Abukum, like you said, going to be able to finally tap in to that potential and be that guy? Who knows? I mean, yep. It's just at the end of the day, going to be very fun to watch though. Yeah. I- I'm, uh, I'm intrigued because call me crazy, Derek, but I think, and I'm not saying this is going to happen for sure. But I think the Colts do have two defensive linemen who do have that potential to push the 10 sack limit. Like, and I haven't said that a lot, right? We haven't said that a lot in terms of defensive linemen the Colts have had. But I really do think they do have those guys, right? I do think they have guys. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Maybe it doesn't. But I think the potential is there. And that would go a long way for this pass rush that has been very hit and miss uh, to get a guy that's been productive and is coming off a productive year. For me, it makes a lot of sense, and I'm really excited to see what he does in 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 the, in more of an extended role here with the Colts and kind of being their primary pass rusher and how him and maybe Quiddy kind of you know complement each other in a way. Um, and then who knows what Dial's going to do? You know, he came on strong at times last year, so really excited about this young defensive line group. And I think Abukum's just kind of that vet piece that you needed, and I think he was one of the best options out there at pass rusher for the Colts to go after. So. Yeah, I think that that does it here for our list of the guys uh, the Colts brought into the building, whether they brought them back or whether they brought them from the outside into the organization. Guys, let us know your thoughts on all these players. Uh, Who is your least favorite signing? Who's your favorite signing? Where would you rank all these guys? Let us know all these things in the comments below. Uh, I'm really interested to hear what you guys have to say about it. But that will do it for this one, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate all your support. You guys are incredible. Uh, You guys obviously make everything happen. And guys, really excited because the draft is upon us. It's coming very, very quickly. So we're going to have a lot of draft content coming out. And then obviously, I think the plan, Derek, is for us to get together again this year. Uh, Obviously, we weren't able to do it last year. But uh, really excited that we're able to kind of have a couple days there where we're going to be together and just kind of give our reactions to all the Colts picks. And now the Colts actually have a high pick, so we're not going to have to wait very long uh, for the Colts to do it. And, you know, it was so much fun, man, a couple of years ago when we did that um, and just had, you know, like a live draft party and people came in and just hung out with us. And that was just so much fun. So we're looking forward to doing that again. And uh, it's going to be a great time and hope you guys will join us for that um, here coming up here and, you know, the end of April. So thanks guys for tuning in. Really appreciate all the support. And as always guys, go Colts. This is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall. He knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.